to another edition of the PBA Poddammit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hughes. Alongside me is my guest host, Bill Richardson of the Long Island Lightning. Bill, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Good to be on the show. It has been a good time, but it has been a long time. Um, Bill, I wanted to ask you a little bit about... Um, your your thoughts before we get too far into PBA stuff. I wanted to get your thoughts on, um, because I would say you're a veteran of OOTP. Um, it seems like every year as the platform changes, the algorithm, whatever you want to call it, for example, like 22 seemed to weight defense a lot more than 23 does. 23 seems much more like a home run fest to me personally. Um, how does that, how difficult is that for someone like you that likes to build a team a very specific way? How difficult is it to um, have to constantly um, kind of follow whatever the next trend is? Um, <clears throat> I think it depends. Um, um, I'd like to think I'm probably a little bit different than most. Um, I don't necessarily play to win. Um, I mean, I want to win, um, but I play essentially for my own team, right? Like, I really care about, like, like the records and storylines on my own team are kind of... Like, I want players that are going to be on my team for a long time. Right. Um, so as, like, the different games come in and you know, like you said, the algorithms or, or what they weight changes. It doesn't necessarily change like my mindset so much um, in terms of building my team. Um, but I can. Uh, sorry, my daughter just walked in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it it doesn't really affect me in building my team, at least for most of my leagues. There are some of the leagues where, you know, you got a hodgepodge mm -hmm. team already that they're they can kind of go in either direction. Um but I think, you know, once you've kind of built a team, you can't really switch the whole thing. Now if it's a, a whole <coughs> a whole shift, it becomes a problem, right? Because like uh, and I'll give an, a small example. You know, in one of my other leagues, uh, I'm the Philadelphia Philadelphia Phillies. And back probably about, I don't know, four versions ago, like half the stadiums weren't technically finished, right? So, like, if you looked at all of the, the like, the modifiers for the stadiums, they were, like, all the same. It was weird. And in this particular league, I had just built a pitching staff because – for whatever reason, Philadelphia's park was listed as a pitcher's park. So I built a pitching staff that didn't care about fly balls. And then as soon as the new version came and we had to go with the, you know, the parks that were built in, the Philadelphia Phillies have the most home run modifier stadium there is. So my team just got blown <clears throat> up, like, and there was nothing you could do. It was kind of like a a three a two or three year uh, kind of re reversion of uh, that's not even a word, but like uh, to change out my whole pitching staff. Um, but again, that's more of a static thing, and that's not really the algorithm. 
So like in terms of my mindset of how I like my team being built, it, it doesn't necessarily change very much. Well, <clears throat> I do want to talk a little bit about Long Island, but I brought that up because obviously in preparation for the show, I did a lot of looking at the uh, history index past um, World Series winners all the way back to the inception of 2019. And one thing that I found particularly interesting, and this is primarily in the a, uh, the ARL, but there's like several years <clears throat> where as a collective team batting average, both on the ARL and the FRL side, that the batting average was 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 over 270, right? And And that sounds like, when you think about it, that sounds like, okay, 270 is not that bad. But, like, 270 is actually a, a pretty good average. That's not a nothing to sneeze at. But, you know, like, for example, like, just on the ARL side alone, the and these obviously these are the championship teams, um, but 2021, the uh, Surf had a 271, 2022, the Mountain Men, 271 2023 mountain men 270 2025 milkman had a 270 average you go over you flip over to the uh, frl side uh paris 2023 277 kentucky 2024 271 paris 2026 271 you can see what i'm saying these are all the kind of like earlier years and what yeah, I've noticed, and, and you were given the league averages, not not the, that particular team. Correct. I apologize. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But but what I'm what I'm getting at is is if you look at if you look at what the ERA was at the beginning of the league, or even let's say five, six, seven, eight years ago, compared to for the most part, like what the ERA is now, it's like a half a point lower now than it used to be which obviously in turn if you look at the league average for example on the ARL side or on the FRL side there has not been a, a a league batting average that's been over 250 in six years it's been 250 or less six years running on the FRL side on the ARL side those same last six years, 252, 246, 252, 250, 247. So my only point is, is, is I've noticed that it seems like home runs are up now, not compared to the very, very early, uh, very, very er uh, early versions of the PBA where we all knew that there was some, some, you know, weird ballparks and some guys were hitting 85 plus home runs. But what I'm saying is, is let's say since 2022, when that kind of got worked out, um, it seems like to me, averages are down, home runs are up and pitching is king. And a lot of people would say that sounds like classic baseball, but that's not what it was in OTP 21 and 22 kind of seems like that's kind of what it was in 23. Um, so it is going to be interesting to see, cause you know, obviously we have this one more year, but we are going to be going into 24 and, you know, I'm always interested to see, you know, what the new version, what those changes are going to bring. Cause you know, as Gary mentions all the time, you know, so all these people that are already in the pipeline, you know, whether it be high school, college, whatever, and they're imported, these are all players that were created from the 2023 quote unquote model. So yes, they go over to 2024, but we're really not going to see the ramifications of 24 for probably two or three more years. <laughs> yeah. So I, I find mean, it, I think, 
statistics wise, I think everything will still be fairly the same. Okay. So you, you haven't noticed, you haven't noticed a big difference from 22 to 23 just for yourself. Um, wait, did you say 22 to 23? Yes. Um, I mean, again, I think the initial, the initial season that you play when you switch is what I would call the outlier. Right. So like, Fair enough. you know, if we, if we like right now, PBA is in 2036, if we're going to finish out 2036 and then 2037 is going to be uh, version 24. Right. Like depending on where that falls in the all-star break and everybody has the game. Um, I'll just go with that mentality. Like let's say 2037 is going to be OTP 24. Right. I would say that is where that first shakeout happens. Right. Um, but then I think right after that, it'll come back into like normalness. Okay. For, and I'm going to air quote normal, like whatever normalness is for like whatever particular league you're in. Yeah. That'll happen. Like, okay. I got you. I think I got, I got a good, you know, and I only say that because I've brought the checkbox up, right. A lot of the leagues have the checkbox, like even the one where I'm the Phillies, right. Like they have the checkbox that makes it. So it produces X number of stats, right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Right. Like if, if, if your stats say that you're supposed to hit X number of home runs based on this many plate appearances, the game is going to make you hit that many home runs. Like just a matter yeah. of when. Yeah. Time. Like, and if you're 10% below the modifier gets updated to be plus 10%, like it will adjust to your people and make you get close to that number. So the people quite frankly are, are irrelevant. Okay. Um, it's just the, just like the, how they are, dispersed amongst the league so that would be let's, the only take on that okay let's talk a little bit about long island here before we kind of move forward into free agency and um i want to talk a little bit about spring training because we are there right now um long island you were at least in my opinion one of the top five deserving GM of the year candidates last year. Uh, you did receive a vote from me. Um, you were sixth the previous year, fifth the previous year. You'd miss, missed the playoffs two years in a row. Uh, you had a 16-game uptick last year. What were you able to do or what was Long Island able to do in order to get back to the playoffs and what made you more successful last year than the previous two years? Um, well, I think we had uh... – some just some basic roster adjustments um based on just some some needs um i think i will say we started off super hot um mm -hmm. we uh to be honest you know I, i'm pretty sure i put uh, a, a graphic at some point like we plummeted after the all-star break like, we came out of the all-star break great like we swept cascadia 
and like we went up by like nine or ten games we were like 20 games over 500 like everything was great and then i think i like lost like the last 19 games of the year or something like it was something crazy like i lost like 19 out of 20 or or, or something silly like and we, we ended up just being two games over 500 it was kind of backed into the playoffs <laughs> yeah like it was one of those like we didn't really deserve to even be in the playoffs at that point but like we had built such a good lead like <clears throat> that we held on were um, you surprised at all to see um the, the final two teams being uh disney and uh cologne at all any any surprise there to you um well i'll say i was surprised cologne only because I thought we should have beat them. Um, as bad as my team ended, we actually played them pretty well. Like, if you go look. Yeah. Uh, like, we kept Mickey Mantle in check. We just, again, had some bad luck, it seemed like. But, like, my team just couldn't get it done. Um, but I thought we we put ourselves in a position to beat them. I've always thought Cologne has had probably one of the best teams in the league for the last in my opinion, like five or six years. Like, I feel like they've had a solid team, even if their team hasn't showed it. So they weren't necessarily a surprise because um, I think their offense is pretty potent. Um, Disney, um, not really surprised. I mean, they pretty much performed all year, I guess. Um, I was pretty surprised at the turnaround that they've had the last couple of years, but just like... Like my team is, you know, we got like I picked up Sean Jones a couple of years ago and, you know, he's been just chugging along. Uh, finally brought some power back to Long Island. Um, like Disney picked up a few uh, pretty good free agent signings a couple of years ago. Uh, kept, I think he kept Tynes. I know he was on the fence about dealing him. And it seems like Tynes has finally found his groove. Um, like you said, he's got a bunch of home run hitters they're doing they're hitting yeah. home runs <clears throat> i mean yeah i mean you brought up you brought the po point um i feel like honestly mikey's had a really good team for a long time and for one reason or another whether it's bad luck or just over tinkering or whatever he just never seems to kind of take that leap forward but the, the cast of characters he has now, and then when he was able a couple years back, two, three years ago, to acquire Adam Coker, I kind of felt like that was kind of the 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 changing of the guard, if you were. Um, because, I mean, he legitimately now, especially, I mean, we're going to be talking about him here in a moment. But when you talk about the fact that, you know, in addition to every everybody else that he has on his team, he also has Virga, who's a guy who's going to hit close to 50 home runs, 40, 45 home runs every year. He's got like legitimately uh, out of a, a, a lineup of nine guys, he's got probably, I'm going to say conservatively six guys that'll hit 25 homers. Conservatively. I mean, you go down this lineup and you start looking and you're like, holy cow, like every one of these guys that he has on this roster could potentially put up 40 home runs, probably more likely between 25 and 35. But he has a, I mean, he was number one in home runs last year and he added Virga, a guy who hits 
40 plus home runs every single year. So he is definitely, um, he has definitely um, made the switch to kind of really focusing on his offense. Um, and, you know, kudos to Mike. I, I He's at least as long as I've been here and I actually just went back and checked, he had never won a title in the PBA um, for all the accolades and all the things that um, people have said about, you know, him and what a great GM he is. Um, he had never won a title in the PBA. So um, kudos to him. I know that that was something that was important to him. So I'm glad for him that he was able to do that. Um, let's fast forward now to this year and we'll start just kind of with spring training. I'm looking at some of the predictions. Now, granted, I understand that these predictions are at this point, it's kind of like, right. Like a, a roll of the dice in the dark, because you don't know who's actually playing their players. You don't know what these lineups are actually going to look like when people start getting sent down. But I will tell you, I don't know if it's a changing of the guard or what, but when you start looking at Oakland and New York and and Disney, right, in the Wyatt Earp division, like is Palmetto starting to fall back to reality a little bit in your mind? I mean, they were th- this is a team that that won three championships over the course of five years and literally looked like they were going to be a juggernaut for probably the next decade. Now, granted, we're in like year six or seven of that now, but I just start to look at, you know, how they performed in the playoffs. I start to look at, you know, what their projected win totals are and what their projected ERA is and things like that. I'm just wondering, are we starting to see Palmetto kind of hit reality or is it, is it, are we pumping the brakes and we're thinking, nah, they're, 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 they're still going to be a contender for the next few years. Um, I'm I'm taking a look at their current lineup. I mean, their lineup, their offense to me still looks like really dangerous. Um, I think their their pitching maybe kind of their Achilles heel a little bit. Um, but I think they're still gonna put up a lot of runs. I still think they're gonna you know end up getting a bunch of wins. I. You know, and like you said, with the preseason predictions, it's hard to because if you haven't started, you know, chopping down your team yet, you know, the the predictions that are in the game are all based on like who's in your spring training roster. Um, and like you said, like who's who's playing more guys like even like right now, Disney, like Verga, right? He hasn't played all spring training, basically. Um, right. And he's like, still projected for 93 wins. <laughs> Right. And, but he's still like, he's still on the roster, but he's, he's not in the starting lineup, but yeah, like I'd expect that'll add some, um, but yeah, it'll definitely be, that's always been a, a pretty tough division in my opinion, because even if you think about it, like for a little while, like Las Vegas had a pretty good team, right? <laughs> um, like yeah, Hollywood, I, I do remember that. I do Oakland. remember that. Che and Verga and Yeah, like like to me, Oakland has like if I had to pick any of the teams in here, I feel like Oakland's been the most consistent. I think like, that's totally, totally fair. I actually I actually said that to Mike uh on a phone call like four days ago. We were talking about that very subject. And we were talking about consistency and who's been the best team. And I said, well, since I got here, now granted, that's only 
2022, I wasn't here the first three years. I said, I don't think it's a question that Oakland has been the best team in this division. And he's like, well, how do you figure? And I said, well, I said, you could, you could judge people based off of hardware. I said, but the way I look at it, uh, look at how long this league has been in existence. I mean, I want to say we're in year like 18 or 19 and I'm, I'm not fantastic with math. I think Bob's only missed the playoffs twice, two or three times total. Like yeah, this is this is going to be the 18th season, right? And he's made the playoffs 15 or 16 times. Yeah, so there's positive. been 17 seasons, and he has made the playoffs 14 times. Right. So, like, I, I mean, I think that that alone, like, look, you could you could and, give and, you could and to be fair too. One of the years that he missed the playoffs. He was 85 and 77, but came in fifth. Correct. He has only had, he has only had one season below 80 wins. Yeah. Total Testament. Like if we were, if we were going to, uh, if we were going to name a, uh, a GM, a GM of the millennium, if you will, or a GM of the decade or something like that. Like, I, I mean, no question, Bob has to be in that conversation, right? Continued, sustained success. We've all we've all played in this and done this long enough to know there is no. I mean, it's easy to get to the top of the mountain. It's really difficult to stay there and sustain that success. Just, just like Christian, you know, I give a ton of kudos. My team was good when his team was. He's obviously rebounded much quicker than than uh, my team has. I realize, like, I understand how incredibly difficult it is to do what Bob has done or even Christian did, which was, you know, essentially miss the playoffs one year and be a have a top five pick. And then after that, essentially go right back on to being the best team in the division. Like, um, it's incredibly difficult to do that. Yeah. It Oakland, requires. <clears throat> Sorry, I was going to say Oakland. I just bopped through each team. Oakland is the team that has made the playoffs the most. There are uh, a few, like I think there's three or four that I saw at 12 playoff appearances uh, to his 14. Um, but yeah, he he is definitely he is definitely. Listen, um, you got to give kudos to Palmetto because I think that they've, I think Palmetto has probably won it all the most because um, I think that they've won it four times. Um, but as far as sustained success, and if if I had to pick who I thought was the most successful GM in the league, yeah, like I said, I, I don't think it's a question. Like you said, 14 out of 17 years he made the playoffs, and one of the years he didn't make the playoffs, he won 85 wins, which in pretty much any other division or even now, you would be a playoff team. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly – like, again, just kind of, you know, we bring up, we're talking about Palmetto, and obviously we've all made Palmetto jokes and all this crap, and, you know, we all knew Palmetto was going to be good, but the reality is, is the Palmetto franchise, like, I think they were Santa Fe and blah, blah, blah. Oh, they were horrific, like, like the first four were, or five years. I mean, seven out of the first eight years, they came in last, probably had a top three pick. Not to mention that, you know, they got like three, five star scouting discoveries. They just, they had so much young talent coming up. Like mm -hmm. the, the, you knew they were going to be a juggernaut. A wealth of riches. Yeah. yeah. A wealth of so, riches. Um, I think, 
So, and that's the other reason why, you know, I still think they have enough talent that isn't aged out yet. Yeah. So I, I think, I think they'll still be, and I'm not saying that, you know, they might not win the division, but I think, you know, I think they're still going to be up there probably battling for second. Um, I think that's probably uh, a fair assessment of them. When, when you look at um, the preseason predictions on the ARL side, strictly the ARL side, which team surprises you the most out of these? And it, it could be the position they're in, the number of wins they're giving them. It could be any of this stuff. What what surprises you the most um, out of the 12 teams that are on the ARL side? Um, I will say I don't necessarily keep up with the ARL very much. Um, but I and I don't know if this is a good or a bad surprise. I'm glad to see like Winnipeg in fourth. I know that's weird to be like, Oh, you're talking about a fourth place team. Um, but I was just, you know, as I was zipping through, you know, like the old histories and stuff like mm -hmm. Winnipeg's only made the playoffs five times. Um, they haven't made the playoffs in the last five seasons. So to, to see, that they may, uh, you know, have a team that that's going to be fighting to get in there. Um, I think they at least be, at least have a shot, right? Yeah, they're, that, they're that's going to be. 500. You know, I think that's going to be good uh, for Winnipeg themselves. Um, so I think that's you know that's a surprise and uh, not really a surprise, but like I said, it's more of a oh well, that's good to see you get some new blood in there. Here's here's the two biggest shocks for me. Um, first, I always love when a person's confident in their team, but I noticed that Las Vegas, if you look in the sports book, they made a wager that Vegas is going to win more than 80 and a half games in that division when they're projected to win 65. So um... I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see whether or not that comes to fruition. Cause if he gets paid out on that bet, there, there has been a lot of things that have went really well, right for Vegas. Well, he gets paid out on that bet, I think we know who GM of the year is. <laughs> um, I, definitely in the conversation, right? Because with the uh, teams he's going against. And I will say, like, you know, like just, just taking a quick gander at, you know, their roster. Like, they've got at least a scroll worth of players that are above three. Um. Which, you know, in a lot of leagues, that might not sound good. But, like, and one of the things that I like about the PBA is that, you know, you don't have a – it's not teams full of just superstars. Yeah, you don't have a five-star every position pretty much. Right. And I – so, like, he's probably got the same amount of three stars as I do. So – and I like my team. And my team, I think, is a, you know, 80, 85-win team. So – It'll be interesting yeah. though, but I think the problem that he may run into is is his division is is a pretty challenging. Division. Yes, that's that's why I mentioned that. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting, and and not taking anything away from Salem because they made the playoffs last year, and I believe the Mountain Mid did as well. But I'm kind of surprised that preseason prediction has Cleveland finishing third when they won the division and um, they won it by a few games. Last year, I believe they had 89 wins, 
Um, so it's not like a big drop in wind production, but I'm just surprised to see them basically. And and like we've talked about, you know, he could be playing a, a bunch of double A guys. We don't know, but um, I'm surprised to see them kind of projected to finish third, especially when you look at the fact that that three of the top ten hitters and and two and basically the top two hitters um, on the ARL side are are both guys from Cleveland. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but, um, yeah, I think that those are the two big ones for me, Vegas, do they get to 81 wins and, uh, Cleveland, do they finish third in the division? I think they're probably closer to a first place team, but, uh, we'll see how that plays out. Scrolling down to the FRL side, um, anything, anything on the FRL side that looks, unusual or odd to you or do you think it's pretty much going to play out like this i gotta say the one that jumped out to me was toronto um and that's not um in any way shape or form an indictment on um uh archie but uh i I don't think in the last four or five seasons and it might even be longer than that i don't think he's finished above fourth ever um Um, i know i know he got off to a really hot, hot start but a second place finish would be monumental for him and it would be huge for him to make the playoffs. Cause I don't think he's made the playoffs in like the last eight or nine seasons. Um, yeah, it's been 10 or 11. Okay. He made the, uh, Toronto had made the playoffs five of the first seven years. Um, and they have not made it since 2020. And, and in the last five, six years, he hasn't finished better than fourth. Correct. Um, correct. His, yes. his last finish above fourth was in 2029. He came in third, but he was still, um, 73 and 89. Right. So that would be a big finish for them. If Toronto was able to actually go 84 and 78. Now I do know that they lost, um, uh, Dale Murphy, uh, which is a, a, a huge power bat. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of how that, what kind of toll that may have. Um, they do have some other really good players. Um, and I know he has a young kid in Cragen that he's um, interested in getting those, those additional um, reps, if you will, in center field. Um, but that would be the big one for me as Toronto. What, what's your thoughts on the uh, FRL side? Um, I'd probably say the fact that they've got Cascadia down at 75 uh, in coming in fifth, that, uh, that doesn't seem accurate to me. Um, yeah, I've... I think they've won the division each of the last three years, right? Um, I don't think so. Maybe, okay. maybe they did. Well, I know that besides this last year, I know that I know pre- they for sure won it. Tw- yeah, they won it the last three. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I know oh, that no. they've had like ninety yeah, yeah, plus yeah, yeah. wins. Okay, so that would, you're right, that would actually be a, a pretty big monumental, because that would be like a 20-game swing. Um, and... Yeah, in fact, um, if you go back, uh, other than 2032, the last, like, seven seasons or so, it seems like it's been, oh, nope, that's a lie. It was a two-year gap in between, like, where, I had won the division three times and then Cascadia's won it three times. So there was like a sandwich of, uh, um, 
Actually, that's a lie. Yeah, it is just 2032. So out of the last seven years, it's been Cascadia or Long Island that have pretty much won it, right? That have come in first in the, the division. That's why I think it's odd to see them. I don't like my team could be hit or miss. Who knows? Um, uh, we'll see how that plays out. I think yeah. uh, <clears throat> I'm excited about you know some of my uh, free agency pickups. Like I'm really excited to see Carito. Yeah, I was actually gonna. I was actually gonna talk to him. So this this will be a good segue point. So there was a there was a few like really big time signing, um, and none bigger or contract value more um, than your signing of. We're just gonna call him Paul, Paul Karatu, uh, the former Oakland um, bat that uh, pretty much consistent. Usually is pretty consistently a guy that's gonna get you. 25 to 30 homers right at about league average, anywhere from 240 to about 275 on the average and plays plus defense. So, I mean, I don't have to ask you why you went after him, but I am curious, um, is this, is this kind of the missing piece for you? Have you been looking for a corner outfielder or was it more about the offensive production? What was it um, about Karatu that really uh, made you jump on him? Cause he was the first signing and you went big. Well, a couple things. So one, I normally don't sign compensation free agents. Um, but the only time I do sign them is when I have received revenue sharing. Um, and the reason being is, is that I only lose a three instead of a two and a five. Um, so that, that made it doable. Tolerable. Um, um, so that was one thing uh, that, that stuck out. Uh, the other thing is, as you mentioned, if you can have, if somebody can hit infield, I will always look at them, right? Because if you look at my, you know, my outfielders, most of my outfielders are like scrappy, like single double guys, and they can play defense. Um, if you look at any of the the guys that can hit, like Mike Reyes, he can't field, uh, and when I say can't field he's a 50 in the outfield. Some people would be like, Oh, I'd love to have a 50 in the outfield. <laughs> like I like that, like an 85 in the outfield. Um, so the fact that Karatu or Karatu is going to have a big bat and be, a, he's a 93 left fielder and an 84 right fielder. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's huge. Like that's an everyday kind of guy. Um, I'm expecting him to put up like Sean Jones, Homer numbers. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm thinking he, his homer total is going to be above 40. Um, doubles look pretty good too. I mean, he looks like he's he's a guy that's going to get close to 30 doubles. Yeah, maybe I, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna hit pretty well. Like I said, as long as he you know he's durable. Like every he checked all my boxes. He can field. He's not fragile. You know, and durable gives him a plus. Uh, like there's just certain things that I won't do. Like, like even like if I'm trading for somebody, like I'm, if you try to trade me a superstar, that's fragile. I probably won't do it. Like I've been burned by injuries. Um, so I, I'm, I'm basically like traumatized. Uh, at least in the PBA, I've just had bad luck. <laughs> like, like right off the bat, like when the league first was created, I, you know, my team was pretty good. I drafted like this superstar pitcher. And 
he ended up getting hurt like his first uh minor league season and he went from like normal to fragile and it was like it was such a blow because then like our team wasn't bad but we weren't great <clears throat> so i just ever since that injury i'm just like not trading for anything less than normal right and i won't draft a first round player that's not durable <laughs> like you no, have to be makes... dirt so like i yeah, wouldn't draft it, you... if you're normal it, it it I can understand that, and it does make sense. I will draft normal, but I will tell you, I have gotten bitten in the past by taking guys that have incredible ratings with it, like yeah. maybe have like uh, poor work ethic. And, and at least the, realize, the Peter Leagues help out a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. Because but you like, can at least look at their injury history. So if absolutely. they're normal and haven't been hurt, right? I'm okay with that. Okay, let's talk a little bit now about um, what we like and what we don't like. Now, let me just put a disclaimer real quick because um, I don't want to uh, offend anyone, but at the same time, I'm sorry, this is still America. Uh, I'm going to give my opinion. It may not match up with someone else's, but it's just my opinion on kind of where we're at um, with the state of the league. But um, give me give me one signing beside your own that you really liked and one signing that you didn't like. And it could be for a variety of reasons as far as why you didn't like the signing, but I'm curious to hear one signing you really liked and uh, one signing that you didn't like. And if you're not quite ready, I can go first if you want. Uh, you go first. Okay. So I'm going to start with the signing that I did like. So I really liked the signing by uh, Disney for No Cruise. And there's a couple reasons here, but um, I mean, I don't have to like overly explain this, but this kid's 28. Now, granted, I know he's a, for a lack of a better term, an IFA guy. He's doesn't have any history in the league, but um, what I did like, as you've already mentioned, he's durable. He's a guy that can play second, third, short, left and right field all at 80 plus and even center field at 66. So he's a guy that you can literally play anywhere. My scout has him as a three out of three right now. Um, I think with his contact, with his eye, and with his avoid K, um, and with the fact that he's really good defensively and he's a utility guy that you can pretty much use everywhere, I think when you look at what he got paid, $6 million a year, and there's an opt-out after age 29 season, if he's playing well, he probably exercises that. And the last uh, the last two years are uh, player options. I think that was a decent signing for Disney. Um, <clears throat> I'd love to go with a different one, but I'm going to come right back to Disney. And to me, the most recent signing is the one that just kind of has me scratching my head. I like David Kiyoki. I know he's a Iron Man. I know he's a captain. I know I'm, Mike's going to hit me up and be like, it was all about the personality traits. But... I don't know why you spend $4 million a year on a guy that's 33 when you literally just re-signed your own guy in Roquez to play third base. I doesn't To me, it doesn't make a ton of sense because um, you've already committed to Roquez long-term. You gave him – now, granted, it's only $2.5 million, but you gave him also a $3 million three-year deal. There is only so many of these spots available, right, because you figure – You've signed Noe Cruz. <laughs> you figure you've signed Kiyoki. Uh, you figure you've signed 
uh, Roquez, like at some point, where are all these infielders playing? Because the bottom line is none of those guys were guys that were being utilized last year. You already have a guy like champion at second base, four out of four stars. He's not going anywhere. You already traded for a guy like bull. who's probably the best glove in the entire league. So he's not going anywhere. So my point being is it, it, it to me, it was a very unnecessary signing. He may have the money and be like, eh, it's only $12 million. But when you're a championship team, having those additional roster spots matter. And I think that that could be something that whether he ends up just cutting or whatever, it's not a signing that I particularly love. If you want a Kyoki, then you probably shouldn't have signed Roquez. Both of those guys now are in three-year deals. What's your thoughts? Um, That was a lot. Uh, I do agree with the Noah, uh, the whatever, the shortstop I was in on him no, like, Cruz. early. Um. And then I, he got a little bit too rich for me, uh, so I bowed out. <clears throat> but I did like him. Um, the tough part with me with him was, you know, it's going to sound terrible, but like I think he needs a little bit more range to play short for me. <laughs> He's an um, eighty-eight, Bill. <laughs> I, well, I know. Well, that's what I mean. I was like, it's going to sound bad. He's um, literally a he's over an eighty defensively at shortstop. You're like, I, I I need a better defender. Well, that's why I signed signed Ehrlichman, right? Like he's 199, 98, 99. Like, <laughs> like he's like uh, one of those uh, Sunderland or Sutherland guys that I used to have. Guy hit a buck seventy. You're running out there every day. Um, no, but I I, I did like that signing. Um. I'm I'm not too in tune with Disney's team in terms of seeing uh didn't realize that he had already signed uh like his own third baseman. Um so yeah that uh, the Kyoki definitely Well here let me let me give you a layup about to sneeze. Let me give you a layup. Uh you know you know that we love Jeff from Vancouver, but and I know his windows now, right? So I don't question the guy. I know he's won multiple championships. But what's your thoughts on signing Jesus Cabrera to $11.5 million a year for two years, and he hasn't produced even a two-war season in the last 10 years? Um, he's never been, never had a two-war season. Well, to be honest... I'm very surprised he got $11 million because that's, that's why I'm bringing it here, up. To and you. the reason why, and this is, I guess here's the part that I'm not sure about guys in Iron Man, right? Mm -hmm. Why didn't he play last year? Right. Like he didn't play at all. Well, look at his ERA plus. I mean, I think that that's probably why. Well, I know, but he only had one inning. Oh no no yeah yeah you're you're talking about for Disney I'm sorry I thought I was going back to 2034 yeah I'm saying when he has had extended looks um other than 2032 in Chicago yeah um he's yeah, never definitely... had real good success so I mean Jeff listen Jeff Jeff absolutely could come out of this coming looking like an absolute superstar but you know when you start getting real critical and when you start really nitpicking and you start looking at moves. I know his windows now, and like you said, he is an Iron Man, so I do take that into consideration. Well, and let me I ask do... you this question, too. Like, I mean, I guess based on spring training, it looks like he is going to be 
in the starting rotation. I could see him also. Mm -hmm. Even though I I hate that OTP does this. I hate the fact that you can basically take starting pitchers and just turn them into like lights out relievers. Um but maybe he's going to end up being uh a bullpen guy. I mean, I don't know. He has him he, slotted in as his number one right now. Yeah, I was going to say, he absolutely so, could. He very well could do that. Um, I mean, he's still got listen, Steve Vaughn. He's it would have been very – listen, a, another layup, it would have been very easy to say, I really hated, you know, Seattle's Seattle signing of Matt West because I, I wasn't a huge fan of it, um, and I'm, I'm the GM. But um, – Essentially, I did that not to compete, but because I needed popular players. Um, yeah, and that's what I was trying to look at. I don't, you know, I don't have the you know, the numbers for like, and you'd think Disney after winning the World Series wouldn't need popular players. Like, kind of curious of like, like even the Kiyoki signing was it like four million dollars for a? Well, like I said, I I went by the personality trait because I know that Kiyoki is a is a captain because I was looking at him as well, and he is a guy that like. Like legitimately, if you look the last three years in Salem, right? Yeah, but he's a like, roster spot, man. Like... That that's what I'm saying. It's like he does put up. He will give you one and a half two war, but it's like okay, is one and a half two war really worth four million dollars a year for the next three years when you're a World Series contender? Like he's probably not going to start for you, and if he doesn't start for you, where else is he going to play? That's yeah. the problem. So, um, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see how that plays out, but, um, I, I am interested to see kind of how that plays out. Um, I do like, I do like, you know, I do like a lot of the signings. I do like that. I kind of feel like free agency has went a little slower than normal. Um, like the fact that we're in spring training and there's still guys on the market that are, you know, at least for me four four and a half star type guys are still out there and available i don't know yeah i mean i was I, looking at him i was just looking at him today i i think the 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 tricky part for me is i don't i don't have a position that i have a quote-unquote need right it for for my opinion right like in for like for the way i build my teams like there's a lot of guys that that are out there that would probably benefit me. Right. Like, but it's just not my style, I guess. Right. Because they could put up three and a half war and everybody enjoys three and a half war. But if they put up three and a half war, but they're a corner outfielder that has a 50 defense, we already know that's not something <laughs> that you want to, uh, you know, that that's you right. don't, you don't necessarily want to engage in. <laughs> and, and right now my fan interest is a hundred. So I don't have any need for like, right. I release a popular player and I take a 10 point hit. Right. <clears throat> Ooh, now no, I will I... say this one particular guy has piqued my interest because he was, I let him go during one of my uh, rage fits. Um, and he looks like he <laughs> is on the market. And he will take a minor league contract, so we're gonna do that and export. And who is um, that? Just so that all the other people can also offer him a minor league contract. Uh, let's not worry <laughs> about. It. And then you know, it's funny. There's some guys, like you said, on the on the market that are like known guys. No, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Big time. Like, I mean, we're talking guys that have hit 
30 plus home runs. Yeah, like even like Alan Kerr, I feel like he was a big popular guy. He was a huge absolutely Dante Adamic. Remember him? Like I remember yeah. when he was like like people were talking about our like Gary was talking about, you know, he's in the 2020 club and this and that and um, you know, multi-year all-star and it's like the 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 roster the roster the free agency is full of guys that could have should have would have so it is interesting because these guys will get jobs as people become injured as things you know come to be but um it is really interesting i will tell you um it is really interesting because different people are in different positions you know obviously my team right now i have a ton of young guys right now playing at the big league level my number one prospect the number four overall prospect cha uh Zauji Shaw, um, my starting pitcher, he he's up at the major league level. He's only 22. He's probably, even though he's pitching lights out, he's probably not going to make the major league roster at this point. He's just getting the experience. But I have so many young, young guys that are up there that are 22, 23 years old that are getting their first kind of exposure to this. And, uh, you know, it's good. It, you know, you get a, you get to see all the, the faces of uh, the next generation. Anyways, Bill, that's about all the time we have. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to go over uh, the PBA with me. Uh, any final thoughts here before we uh, get out of the PBA studio? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Um, just tidying up uh, for the next spring training sim. Forgot to bring up a couple of my dudes that <laughs> I actually wanted to try to get into the majors this year. Um, I don't really have a place for them, but hopefully maybe we can at least get them some positional experience over the last two weeks. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys all enjoyed the PBA Pod Damn It podcast. That's all the time that uh, Brian and Bill have for you. But uh, stay tuned. We will have more uh, coming at you. But thank you so much and God bless.